Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, so I'm going to start with our face palm today. And this face palm just happened yesterday. Yes. Um, So yesterday I was just feeling, one of those days you're feeling just grouchy kind of and irritable at everything that happens. And I was in, so I don't have a very loud voice in general. So I have different, different parenting qualms. Is that the right word? Problems. Oh. That are my Mm -hmm. own. But Mm -hmm. yelling is never a thing for me because I don't even really yell because it's worthless. Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got what you're saying. You know, like my voice is just, it's like if I yell, it's like they don't even tell it to yell. (laughs) So, so um, I was in. Lennon's room getting him down for a nap and Cohen was out in the living room and he was just mom mom for some reason and usually when my kids are somewhere where they can't hear like my normal ish voice I just don't even answer until I'm close to them because it's not worth it my voice just doesn't carry like that and I don't I would prefer our house not to be like uh-huh. mom what mom. Yeah, <laughs> like totally. across the whole house like mm-hmm. i just wait till i'm there but i was like so i was just in an irritable move mood <laughs> so Cohen's like yelling at me and i'm like what like across <laughs> the whole house and like i yell knock over this like medicine thing spills all over and i'm like this whole losing my cool thing is really not working out well for me. Like I'm trying to release some annoyance and irritability here through this yelling and, but it just ended up making me feel more annoyed. And then last night when we're putting him to bed, Cohen's like, mom, what were you doing today? Like, what did he say? Why were you talking so loud back to me? Or something? <laughs> like it was totally like, you need to get yourself under control. <laughs> get so, your stuff together, mom. That's my face, mom. <laughs> Lost my cool to no effect. It wasn't like one of those where you're like, ah, and then they listen and it's like march into line. Like, yes, mom's <laughs> mad. It was like complete failure. <laughs> so that's my face, mom. Oh, well, Felicia, it's good to know that even you sometimes lose your cool. Oh, it's yeah. It's comforting, actually. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that with us, actually. Okay, well, my high five is um, that it's a podcast. It's a high five for our podcast. So I was just looking at the analytics for our podcast and saw that we have listeners in, listen to this. I mean, I knew we're from the United States, so I knew that we'd have listeners in the United States. Mm-hmm. And we have some from Canada, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. But then we have Australia, United Kingdom, Germany, New Zealand, Belgium, Netherlands, France, and Saudi Arabia. Which is so cool. So I just want to give a shout out to all of you people around the world. I'm so excited that you're yes, listening. I love that. Like I'm honored and thrilled and flattered really. So anyway. Oh, I love that high that's, five. That's so yeah. good. So that's a high five really to all of you out there 
people are our, our neighbors afar. around us and people yes. from afar i'm just thrilled that you're even that you're here so thanks for listening to us i love that okay so today we are going to continue talking about um some ways that we can foster independence and help um create intrinsic motivation in our kids so obviously that's something that they have to create but there's some ways that we can help that and because <laughs> yeah it's independence so it's funny because we're talking about fostering it but at the same time it's, diff- it's difficult because yeah. it's like we have to foster it but in the end that's the nature of independence right. is they have to do yeah, it yeah it's but almost like you have to anyway. like release the kind of a tricky thing. yeah it's thing. tricky <laughs> so the first thing we're going to talk about is praise and we mentioned this a little bit last episode but we just wanted to emphasize it a little more because we feel like it's really important and it's mind-blowing when i first started hearing the research it was probably when my baby was my first baby was two mm-hmm. my dad my dad actually sent me it was a whole article about it and it blew my mind because we all just think that praise is only good right so this i hope that for some of you out there this wholly helps you because yeah. it helped me so much and i think we go i mean our kids to us are just like the most amazing things who do everything perfect and who are so smart and amazing so why not say it to them Mm-hmm. But so here's some reasons why we should pay attention to our praise and m- if we can adapt it to be a little better. And as and also before we go into that, I just want to clarify for all of you out there, what we're about to say is that praise is amazing. We're not saying withhold all praise from your children mm-hmm. and become people who never give them approval for anything and they turn into adults who are just seeking for <laughs> approval because you starved them of any positive yes. feedback. But what we're going to hopefully do for you today is help you tweak your praise so that it's the best kind of praise that is actually going to help your kids in the end and not cripple them in the end. Okay, yes. so take yeah. a, just, I want to make sure you don't like stop listening now and be like, oh, I'm never going to say anything positive yeah, to my kids again. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> praise is awesome, but some praise is really great and some praise actually is a hindrance. Hinder them in the end. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we're just going to tweak, give <clears throat> you some tweaks here. So why we should pay attention to our praise. Um, it, so kids who have overall in general a, a healthy type of praise, um, they apply more, not less effort when something is hard for them. They seek challenges and set higher goals for themselves. They look at their failures as opportunities to learn. They increase their efforts rather than withdraw effort and attention. And they can just learn more and better. And I see this in um, my own growing up. So I would say just because of the amount of time that I spent with um, my, so my mom worked full time. So I wasn't, I, I wasn't with her a lot. So I don't know if, if I had been her, been with her over a long period of time, if maybe she would have had more healthy praise. But I think I, I see our relationship in the cycle of like, we weren't together as much. So it was like over exaggerated mm. when I was with her. Like mm. I was like, everything was, you know, you're so smart, you can read so well, so early, you know, like all these things where I felt like it was that sort of over-exaggerated praise. Mm. So I saw in myself, I had a hard time doing that switch from when I went to school, it was like, I know I'm good at X, Y, Z, and I am, you know? Mm -hmm. So then when the things were harder for me, it was like, why would I even do that? Yeah. 
I'll just skip that because I'm not mm-hmm. good at it already. Like, why would I try harder? Mm-hmm. Like, that seems silly. Because there's other things that already are so easy. So easy. So why yeah. would I even do it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's the concept. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting... I also think that's a good dynamic that you just shared that I think lots of times as parents, it's probably an automatic thing. If you're already feeling guilty because you maybe are feeling like you don't see your kids as much as you want, mm-hmm. it may be an easy thing to overdo is the overdo the praise for yeah accomplishments. To make up for it. Yeah. Something. Yeah. So, and it's okay. So in general, the kind of thing here, um, the philosophy is if you praise it's growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So if you praise, the end result, then that ends up being a hindrance to your kids. If you can praise the process mm-hmm. or their effort or whatever that part is, that can help them. Mm-hmm. And so for the easiest thing that we all, it's so easy to say that would we'd invite you to like kind of look at is the word good job. Mm-hmm. So the word good job is your kid does something and you just say good job and they end up getting like a bajillion good jobs awesome. a day for everything they mm-hmm. ever do, right? And, but what that teaching is just like, just that, just the end part, good job. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with like how well they worked or anything specific about what mm-hmm. they did. In fact, I've actually found in myself when I say good job, it's usually because I'm just trying to not paying attention, not really <laughs> engaged. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's easier just to say that and move on. Mm-hmm. But so let's kind of break that apart a little bit. Let's look at first the kind of praise that I think a lot of people just do automatically, which is the end result thing. Like, mm-hmm. good job. Your picture is the most beautiful picture I've ever seen in my entire mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're so smart. And the word smart, I mean, that's it like blows my mind because of course everybody wants to feel like they're smart. But what they found, and just so you know, um, a lot of this research comes from the, uh, where is it? The American Psychological Association. <laughs> Sorry, I had to scroll down a little bit. So this is from like actual research-based stuff. But they found that when you're tell a kid over and over and over that the main praise they're getting is just that they're smart. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is they identify with that. My, my strength here is being smart. So mm-hmm. if they ever encounter something that makes them not feel smart, just like Felicia was just saying, something that was, didn't come easy to her. So if reading comes easy, well, what about this subject that's hard? What happens is they're so invested in maintaining the identity of s- intelligence and mm-hmm. smartness that they'd rather just not even try the hard thing yep. and fail. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it creates this concept of perfectionism where it's like, I'm either going to do it and it's going to be great where I can get my mm-hmm. good job, my gold star mm-hmm. or my you're a genius label. Or if it's hard for me, I'd rather just not even try. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not even take the hard class, you know, as they get older. I'm just going to the avoid the biology mm-hmm. because that one doesn't come easily to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can take the same thing, and again, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling like you're an intelligent person. Mm-hmm. I just think the concept is we don't want to have that be their identity. That they're afraid of doing anything that makes them look mm-hmm. less than brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, so then let's ship that. So let's look at an example. So we're taking, we've kind of gone into like school here. Mm-hmm. So academic stuff, good job. You got the A, you got your gold star versus, um, I love how I've noticed you have read every day this month. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love watching your brain learn all your new words or whatever mm-hmm. or a picture we also talked about pictures when you're looking at a kid's picture they show you they show you a picture it's so easy to be like that's the best picture i've ever <laughs> seen in my life you drew a line <laughs> an orange line yay <laughs> yes those scribbles so yeah. advanced yeah and for a lot of us parents we feel that in our minds we, we think do. everything like our kids do ever. is just <laughs> the best but <laughs> if you can actually say oh wow i noticed or especially if i noticed you worked hard on that mm-hmm. then what they have in their minds is 
I can work hard even if something's difficult. Mm-hmm. I can keep working hard because that's actually my identity. Yeah. That I can I can work figure things can out. Figure out. Mm-hmm. I can answer my own questions. I can do this. And they're not so set on the end, which again takes down perfectionism, which if you study perfectionism leads to anxiety, depression, all mm-hmm. sorts of things. And you, and then as we've seen in adults, it's very unhealthy. A lot of us adults are stuck on the, I'm either going to do it perfect or not at all. And yeah. it ends up leading to all sorts of unbalances and doesn't yeah. really go well with a wholehearted living. Yeah. So anyway, so let's go back to the pictures though, because pictures for all of you with little kids applies. Mm-hmm. And Felicia has some awesome, when she, when her kids draw pictures, some questions that she asked them that helps them still feel confident about themselves, but not in a perfectionist hindering way. Yeah. So I like when it comes to any sort of like art or creation type stuff, instead of being like, you're like, mom, look, I drew a truck. And it's like two lines. It's like, oh my gosh, that's the most amazing truck <laughs> to try to be like, wow, you chose to put those lines really close together. Why did you do that? Or you, you drew your, your truck with blue and black. Do you like those colors? So you're more asking questions to get to the bottom of what they're doing and get them thinking, oh, my process, like what was I doing along this process of the creation? So instead of focusing on trying to do things the right way, so in How to Raise an Adult, um, they talk about how students and then people entering the workforce, they'll be given tasks. So, so the boss will say, um, create this report for the financial statement of this term. And these kids are like kids, once kids, now adults. But th- so the whole concept is they're kind of stuck. They're like, what do I do? Like, you need to tell me A, B, C, and then you want this final report. Mm-hmm. And this, these bosses or teachers or whatever they are, they just want to be able to say D and figure out your way. Mm-hmm. But kids are having a harder time. They want the step-by-step because they want to do it perfect and they don't want to mess anything up. Mm -hmm. So this sort of um, diving into the process is hopefully going to create a kid who has that creative um, brain, that intrinsic motivation that it might not, he might end up with a truck but got there a way different way than you would have or anybody else, but he figured out the process. It's going to create that ability in their brains. Mm -hmm. I love that. And what your kids are really wanting for, I think in all the situations where they're saying, mom, look, look what I did. They're really just wanting you to see them. We all want to be Mm -hmm. connected and be seen. Mm -hmm. And so I love the, the idea of asking those kinds of questions. Like Felicia was just saying, helps them feel that need but in a way that's mm-hmm. going to actually help them with their processes later. Yeah. I think another good example from the book, how to, um, how to raise an adult or raising adults. My brain isn't, <laughs> it's a little slow this morning. A little early. <laughs> I can't remember my <laughs> words. Um, like if you're a kid, you're walking down the street and your kid sees a butterfly. Mm-hmm. It's easy. And I think kind of habit just be like, Oh yeah, butterfly, yeah. you mm-hmm. saw a butterfly and just mm-hmm. be so excited that they saw a butterfly. But if you actually just take a minute, instead of just praising them for seeing a butterfly, Mm -hmm. because that doesn't really actually take much effort, Mm -hmm. you can say things like, oh, what do you notice about that butterfly? Mm -hmm. So, and so you're actually engaging them. The reward is actually curiosity and Mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. The reward isn't the gold star of Uh just opening your eyes and seeing a butterfly in the world, you know? Yeah. And I think if you're having trouble thinking about like 
oh no, how do I phrase this so it's like not too much praise or whatever. I think something that also helps is just the, I've heard the term parallel park, but just go and be by them. Slow down and actually take the second to connect. So you're, it's not just like a passing good job because you, you want to acknowledge them, but you don't really have that time or connection, but you go be by them and just observe and say, say what they're actually doing. So sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm going to get too caught up in that wording of trying to praise it perfectly, but just go and be by them and observe. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're using the black crown or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think that can help if you're feeling like, oh, I'm in this mess of what do I actually mm-hmm. say? The cool thing about asking questions too is it leads to so many amazing conversations because kids see the world through new eyes and frankly when I ask my kids these kind of questions it makes me like in awe of the world that we live in you know what I mean because you can ask questions like how many how many legs do you see on that butterfly Mm -hmm. oh there's six yeah that's awesome so we've you know we've learned in our science studies that that means Mm -hmm. it's an insect Mm -hmm. not a spider or whatever but, you know, like right now, we actually have painted lady caterpillars at our house mm-hmm. who have a lot more than six legs. Mm-hmm. So it'll be way fun because you can be like, oh, yeah, six legs. How many, wait, how many legs does a caterpillar have? Whoa. How do you think that even happens? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't even know the answer. I don't know why caterpillars have yeah. so many more legs than butterflies. Yeah. You don't have to know the answer. You don't have to like Just know stuff. Just curious. the asking questions. You can see in kids' minds, they're like, whoa, whoa. And then, the, and then your kid can be like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why it has those spots? Do you think yeah. it's camouflage? You know, yeah. and it kind of leads to this really cool, like you're just looking at the world from a place of awe when you ask questions, yep. which I really love. Yep. So a couple things from the American Psychological Association, some tips that they give for offering praise. And this is specifically geared towards, they've done a lot of research on students and their behavior. So, uh, so this is like good tried and true stuff um and their outcomes in the long run so these are some things to avoid when giving praise don't offer praise for trivial accomplishments or weak efforts so again that's the we want to just give gold stars for everything right like oh you did so great (laughs) even though yeah (laughs) just you don't you don't have to praise every single thing in their whole life yeah um you don't inflate praise particularly for students with low self-esteem so this is something that i actually haven't understood until i was an adult but people who are really struggling with self-esteem when you overdo praise i've actually had people tell me that what happens inside of them is when you say something to somebody that's so different than what they feel about themselves they actually it like does the opposite they push it away so hard they may mm. not say anything but they're pushing it away so hard like i do not buy that you are just lying to me mm-hmm. and i actually have somebody who told me he was like i feel like anger yeah. like it's actually like i almost feel that anger yeah. if i know in my mind whether it's true or not you're like core belief is this yeah if somebody overinflates and says something positive you're like almost mad it like it feels like a lie don't yeah. give me bs yeah you know totally anyway so that's a interesting little tip uh also, don't let, but at the same time, don't let your kids feel ashamed of having difficulty. So anytime you have trouble, don't shame them like, oh, I can't believe you're not getting mm-hmm. this because mm-hmm. that's the opposite of what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the opposite of the spectrum. Some people are overpraising, overselling, giving gold stars. And there are people who just withdraw all approval completely. Yes. And that just leaves a huge void inside mm-hmm. of kids. So anytime your kid is having a difficulty with something, it's a great chance to say, wow, this wow, this is going to be a really cool chance for you to figure this out. Mm -hmm. I believe in you Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
they also say specifically with the I am sm so smart thing, the time where you want to avoid saying, sorry, not I am so smart. You are so smart. Mm -hmm. So again, there's nothing wrong with feeling as though you're an intelligent person. They can hear you tell them sometimes that you feel like they're intelligent, but specifically you don't want to say you are so smart as a result of an action that they did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they did homework and you're looking at it or whatever and you saying, you are so smart because of this. This is yeah. my proof right here. Yeah. Because then you're associating only if you get this perfect, do I think you're smart, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. that's the connection that we're actually not, we're trying not to make that connection of only when you do this perfectly <laughs> is when I think you're smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can believe that you're an intelligent person and you can figure things out, but it isn't directly tied. Mm -hmm. And um, also, this is actually a really good tip. It says, don't comfort your kids by following uh Sorry, guys, I'm having trouble speaking today. <laughs> you don't comfort your kids by saying, not everybody can be good at everything. Mm -hmm. Apparently, that's not very helpful to tell mm -hmm. kids because although it's true that not everybody ends up mastering things, every single subject, it's still good for them to know when they're figuring out what they love, let them figure it mm -hmm. out and let them choose to, even if this thing is hard, I Where still I want to work? be good yeah. at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, and then they have some really great tips on things to do. So some things you can do to foster constructive mindset. So praise students' efforts and specific work strategies. So it's the process, like we talked about, rather than their innate intelligence. Um, discourage students from attributing successes and failures to things over which they have no control. So that's going to be like trying to think of a good example of that um how innately smart or dumb they are you're more praising the effort and the work that goes into something that they did whereas when it's just your smartness kids end up feeling like they don't have any control over anything everything is just right. i can't control my smartness mm -hmm. i can't control this mm -hmm. and when they don't they feel like they're only getting praised for things they can't even control mm -hmm. it creates that it actually creates anxiety so yeah um it oh okay sorry we're reading like a little list of tips from these guys and that and what Terlyn just said it was the next one um but if you do do these things it can lead to increased learning and higher achievement so when you switch your mindset to here's d and i can get there i'm not just so i'm not everything i hear isn't you're so smart and so because i'm so smart i can only i'm already there I'm smart. So all these things that I can't do right now are obviously off my abilities radar. You go from that to when you're hearing, you know, wow, you're, you really took the time to make your homework accurate or um, you, that was hard for you to draw that, that line, but you grabbed the ruler and you kept at it or whatever it is. So that increases your persistence um, and your resilience to completing a task, your intrinsic motivation. All of those things go up because you feel like it doesn't matter what D is because I'm good at sticking with it. I am really good at creating my own solutions, like all of these things that are along the way instead of the end result. And it helps them with resiliency towards failure, which we've talked about this totally. before that, I mean all greatness comes from also a lot of failure. <laughs> so you have to, you have to be able to be tolerant of failure and two things that I just want to kind of leave you with, with praise. Um, first of all, it never hurts to ask your kid. Yeah. If you don't know what to say, you can always just say, 
tell me what you just did. Mm -hmm. And you're connecting and they get to tell you whether it's drawing a picture or I tried these different five ways and I still can't get the answer correct mm -hmm. on this math problem. Mm -hmm. Either way, them just telling you, you hearing them is huge. But the second thing is that I love, that's important to remember. Anytime we're, you know, praising the specific process versus the end result, it's always good to remember. But something also good to remember when it comes to praise is there are two things that I don't think you can have enough of. You can just give, and it isn't just me, actually. I've read this before, and I totally agree. Saying I love you, you can't say that too much. Mm -hmm. Say I love you as much as you possibly yes. want. I mean, because <laughs> that is just something that's awesome. So you feel like saying I love you, you just say it. Mm -hmm. And then another way is just simple thank yous. So mm -hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with some gratitude. I mean, I don't think you have... I don't think it's helpful to go over the top. Your kid made your bed. And you're like, oh my, yeah. that was the best bed making ever. And thank you so much because you just saved my whole day because you made the bed. Mm -hmm. That may be a little over the top. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's anything wrong. I think you can say every day for the rest of your life, thanks for making your bed today. Mm -hmm. Like, Or thanks mm -hmm. for emptying the dishwasher. Even yeah. though it's their chore that they're doing, which we're going to talk about chores. But I think there's it's a really beautiful thing just to be able to say a simple thank you. It gives your kid like, oh, wow, I was seen and I'm appreciated. Yeah. We all want appreciation. Exactly. So if all else fails... Saying I love you and simple thank yous is mm -hmm. always so good. And mm -hmm. it, it really helps just validate everybody. So I agree. All right. I love it. We're going to take a break and come back and talk about chores. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are now going to talk about chores. So, so fun. Um, chores are super important for kids. And in How to Raise an Adult, um, Julie talks about how chores have dramatically lessened over time, which is a natural progression because we're not all working on farms. Right. But it's, it's swung way the other way. And... Kids aren't f having that family contribution because it's almost like the kids are have become the star of the family, the mm -hmm. most you know the most important thing. So they have all their sports or their music lessons and their school and their back and forth to things, and so it's almost like the f the family over here is just trying to the household mom or dad or both or whoever's running it is like how can we just get this done the fastest way possible to um cater to our kids life mm -hmm. and it's actually a disservice to the kids because they're not they're not having that meaning of being connected to the whole of the family they're not learning those responsibilities they're not feeling those finished tasks and accountability to the house and so they're sort of getting lost because it's that responsibility and that meaning that creates our connection and our feeling of, oh, 
I'm important. Mm -hmm. Like these people need me. Yeah. I'm part of something important and belonging. I mean, belonging is one of those core needs inside of us. Yeah. And we get belonging from being part of a whole. Mm -hmm. And how are you part of a whole? By contributing to that whole. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I I love the concept that it used, like, I mean, my, my grandma talks about her growing up. It was literally like you grew up to help support your household yes instead of just your parents are doing everything in their lives just to support your external life yes you know yeah which there's nothing wrong with hobbies but exactly yeah and i think there's a balance but you can see how um the sort of life where it's revolving around the kid can create not only a kid feeling maybe not like connected maybe they don't have meaning or responsibility but also that's a lot of pressure on them mm-hmm. my whole my family's whole life is revolving around me <laughs> my extracurricular activities yes. are the end all of yes. all my success because yes. i don't have anything to come back to that creates meaning otherwise yes. yeah and then for the parent like we talked about we're not having that fun and that enjoyment in parenting because we're getting lost in like this and I have to clean the house and drive everybody ever everywhere and make all the meals and clean everything and so this list of stuff that really should now they're not going to do it as perfectly as you but you know higher elementary middle school high school they're probably going to do it just as good as you <laughs> and they're contributing to this huge list and you can see how if i mean it's just simple math taking things off your plate how you find a lot more joy in everyday life so Mm -hmm. studies have shown that parents are obviously way more overstressed and overworked but also just like not really enjoying having kids as much as they used to yeah and that correlation makes sense to me so um the reason we want to talk about chores is because there was so in how to raise an adult the studies show that the most successful adults um were linked back to they were the kids who started doing chores around the age of three or four, which obviously, obviously three or four, you're not like clean the whole house and it's perfect, but that's when they began learning and contributing into the household. So <clears throat> it helps kids learn how to achieve within healthy limits. So they're in a safe space where they're learning from you mm-hmm. and they're building mean- meaningful connections with you as they're working with you and they're seeing the success that comes from all this hard work and effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows for trial and error and then they're, they are getting this intrinsic um, work ethic. So the whole key behind work ethic is that you're pitching in for pretty much no reason there's this unpleasant work and it's not like you know i'm gonna get the trophy or again with the praise like all these gold stars it's we are all pitching in because that's just what we do Mm -hmm. and that is work ethic which is chores are one of the things that really create that like innate work ethic that is so hard i feel like it's hard to come by Mm-hmm. Like it's a skill that I don't think a lot of people hone <laughs> a lot of times. So in a Harvard grant study, um, researchers identified two things that people need in order to be happy and successful in life. The first thing was love, which we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And the second is work ethic. So that overwhelming fil- feeling that um, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to pitch in. It's going to be unpleasant, but 
let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And they have that resilience to just do mm-hmm. it. And this brings up, I'm sure I can like hear some of your minds out there working as you're listening to this thinking, okay, well, if they're just supposed to be pitching in for not a like external reward, so how does that work with like paying kids and stuff? And that is a conversation for a whole nother, yes. <laughs> a whole nother thing. But for those of you out there, I mean, there are some really great tips out there for this, but I think even if you do pay your kids for chores, um, I think it is important. And actually I've read a lot about this, no matter how you do your financial system thing, which, uh, you know, cause a lot of kids do get paid for specific work they do. And I don't think there's anything specifically wrong with that, but I think it is important that there is a set of family responsibilities Mm -hmm. that don't get paid. Mm -hmm. So like in our house, it's, they have a, all my kids have something they do every day that's different according to their um, abilities and their ages, but, and then it switches every week, but it's like a job that they do every single day that affects our whole house. Mm -hmm. One of them sweeping the kitchen, one of them emptying the dishwasher in the morning, one's wiping off all the counters after each meal, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. That's like, we do this and there is no monetary reward. Right. It's literally just, this is part of running our house and, and, you know, water Mm -hmm. plants, take care of pets. Really actually I have have a much bigger list than just (laughs) this, but, but that those are Mm -hmm. just, you don't get a specific dollar for this. Yeah. But again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, and again, we can talk about that another time. There's nothing wrong with if you have a specific way you also give your kids money. Mm-hmm. They can earn money by doing chores too. But I think it is important to have some part that's just, this is part of being a team yep. without a specific external reward. Mm-hmm. So something, these are just two things that um, I think are helpful tips. One thing that works in my own house that I like it because it's a form of the healthy praise we were talking about in the first section. And also I'm hoping... Well, at least with my older two, I can say it has had a positive outcome. With my younger two, they're still young enough that the verdict's still out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, whenever my kids make a mess, which I don't know about you guys, but I, kids make messes all the time. Specifically, I mean, they make play messes, but I'm talking spilling Accident things, <laughs> Cheerios all over the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, ev- multiple times a day. Yeah. We have something accidentally spilling everywhere. Yeah unfortunately <laughs> that's just like part of life and usually it's fine sometimes after like the fifth time in one meal you're like oh, okay on. but something that i say two things one i say and i love this i love this because i hear my kids say this now first i just say it happens because mm-hmm. it does mm-hmm. it happens there's no shame mm-hmm. it happens we all spill and so you're teaching them to be um, gentle with themselves when mm-hmm. they do things that make messes or wh- whenever they do things on accident that's a mistake because we all do those But the second thing is, I always say, oh, but luckily, I know you're good at cleaning up your own mess. Mm -hmm. So the process of cleaning up your own mess. So it's almost like I I do want that actually be part of their identity. I want them to know as they grow that you are good at cleaning up your own messes. And I usually will help them, especially with my younger two, obviously, because they don't. It's difficult to clean Mm -hmm. up their own mess all by themselves. But my older girls, I mean, they now, they'll say, luckily, I clean up my own messes. And they just Mm -hmm. clean up their mess. Mm -hmm. So, again, you're giving them a positive praise about process. But also you're teaching them that it's okay to make mistakes. Just clean up your own mess. Because when they're adults, yeah, they may not be spilling milk all the time. But they'll probably do things that make messes in their own lives. And if they have the belief inside of them that I can do my best, it happens. Mm -hmm. And I can do my best to clean up my own mess. And yes, yeah, sometimes there is damage done, mm-hmm. which we've also experienced that. We're like, this thing, it's glass and it's broken. Mm-hmm. There's no way to fix it. But we're going to do our best to make amends. Make you know what right. I'm saying? Totally. Which I think is an important concept to learn yes. as adults. So that's just one, mm-hmm. just an easy, just like a tip to try out if you mm-hmm. want to in your own house. Just it happens. And luckily, 
I know you can clean up your own mess though. And when they're little, I'm going to help you with it. But hopefully they grow up with that identity. And the second thing that my in-laws did actually spectacularly. So my husband is like an incredibly hard worker. He, I mean, we both have strengths, things we can work through that are hard. But when it comes to like a hard project where he's working with his hands and it's hard and there's going to be a lot of problems that come up and he has to figure his way around them, he is excellent at it I mean like he blows my mind he'll build something that he's never built before or like (laughs) move giant logs out of our lot Mm -hmm. like it's just crazy it's he blows my mind and one of the things I was asking him what he thinks led to this incredible work ethic slash problem solving Mm -hmm. capability even in his job now like he'll come across a uh, like an obstacle and he just figures out a way around it just like Felicia was talking about at the beginning of this episode you know, a lot of kids are having a problem with, if you don't tell them A, B, C, how to get to D, they don't know how to get to D. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my husband's really great. Like you just tell him what D, what the end Mm -hmm. result is you want. And he figures out a way, even if it takes like a month, whether it's intellectual thinking for his job or manual labor thinking for a project, he can do it. Mm -hmm. And what he says, one of the things that his parents did that was really great. They had, um, they had some land where they, they called it their farm and they had, you know, like a barn and horses and stuff and his dad growing up and his mom they'd go out there and they'd work as a family but then as he got older so he says maybe around 12 to 14 age before he could have a job where he was getting paid like at a Mm -hmm. company um every summer he's like it was like my summer job and his dad would give them a project and again he'd been working with them their whole life so it wasn't just like you've never used a hammer and here you go (laughs) but then it was on his own he sometimes had a friend with him and he'd tell them the project that he wanted. I want this sprinkler pipe like this. Mm-hmm. Or I want this, you know, uh, shed like this. Mm-hmm. And then he'd just leave. And they'd have, and Jeff said it was really cool because, I mean, some of the projects would last weeks. And there's no cell phones. Mm-hmm. They're by themselves. And they just have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that ability to know, it creates confidence inside it. It totally. creates tons of confidence. Being like, that mm-hmm. was hard. First of all, it was hard and I did it. Yep. Creates confidence. But second of all, I had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I ran out of nails and, or I only had a certain amount of nails or that piece of wood broke and I had to figure out how to get around it or mm-hmm. the sprinkler pipe broke and I had to figure out what part went on it. Mm-hmm. All those things just adds to your kid's ability to figure it out. So, yes, I love and that. so you can do that when their kids are smaller in, you know, you give them a thing, a project with their tools and you kind of let them figure it out. If mm-hmm. you had something that you're willing to let them do in different ways you know mm-hmm. you may have a specific like i only clean toilets this way yes. <laughs> but yes. but if you are open you can look at that mm-hmm. and then as they get older really i think around that older elementary junior high age is a really awesome time to start giving them maybe bigger projects and kind of letting them figure it mm-hmm. out themselves i'm not to that my kids aren't that age quite yeah. yet but i've told jeff i'm like when i need you to help me figure out ways to teach our kids mm-hmm. that i feel like i'm I feel like I can do that with my mind, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I'm as good as him when it comes to like, here's this really hard, long manual project that I'm using mm-hmm. my hands that gives me mm-hmm. that kind of satisfaction. He's really good. So anyway, that's so that's really a tip cool. from my in-laws yeah, like that, that has worked and I've seen it in all three of his, uh, they have three brothers and mm-hmm. they're all really good at figuring things out and pushing through until it's done. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, it's a good way that. to teach that. Yeah, that's a great tip. With chores. And I think overall with chores, a couple things to kind of give kids that motivation. One, have that confidence in them. Don't try not to go back over what they do. 
Because if you're like, you know, clean the dishwasher for me with the stainless steel spray, and then they just see you go right back over and do the whole thing, they're probably going to be like, I didn't even do that. That was a waste of time. So try mm-hmm. to forget about, like, try to let go of the perfectionism, perfectionism which is hard. Mm-hmm. But just knowing eventually they're just going to get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And then you can let that go mm-hmm. in the future for you. And you can give constructive feedback. Like, exactly. there's nothing wrong yeah. with saying, so I yes. noticed these streaks on mm-hmm. the fridge. Maybe, actually, if it were me, I would actually wait till the next time, when they're doing it the next time. Yes. I would say, so last time you cleaned it, I noticed there were these streaks, and this is a tip I found. Mm-hmm. If I use the paper towel as my last mm-hmm. wipe down, you don't get those streaks. Yeah. So try that this time, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But see how, if you do it that way, you're not shaming them. You're not just doing it Right for after them. they did it. You're not yeah. doing it for them and taking away their power, and you're also not shaming them like, Ugh, mm-hmm. you did it so bad, because guess what, they're never going to want to do a chore again mm-hmm. in their life, because they can't please you. Exactly. So... I so I actually love that concept of take a note and then on the next time when you're giving instructions you can still give feedback because yes. everybody needs to learn how to do totally. things. Totally. So. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, like we talked about before, thinking but not over the top. And then as they're getting older, yeah, this asking them to anticipate the next step and help in making decisions on how you might do something, um, I think is super important. Okay. So to wrap it up, the two concepts we talked about to help fostering independence, intrinsic motivation. Um, Look at how you're praising your kids. Try to pay attention to the process and the work that goes into it. Um, And if you're having a hard time thinking about how to say something, I like just slowing down and being by them and observing, just saying what they're doing. Um, And then chores. Look at how your kids can contribute to your household. If there does need to be some slowing down in the schedule, I personally think it's super beneficial and worth it to kids to feel that responsibility within the home. Mm -hmm. And also send us feedback if you try out, if you do the try this or not of it happens, Mm -hmm. but you're good at cleaning up your own mess. Mm -hmm. I want to hear how it goes in your own homes. So let us know. know. All right, let's find the magic. Okay, guys, so a lot of times after we record an episode, I start thinking in my brain and I always have these ideas that I want to share with you. So I a lot of times just fight it, but I've decided I'm just going to want to have a thought. I'm going to include it at the end as a little postscript from me. And if you don't want to hear it, then just turn it off after the last um, part. But anyway, I just wanted to add something about chores. And that is that I don't want to discourage anybody from... Um, helping their kids do a good job in chores. When I said, you know, don't be, don't expect them to do as good of a job as you. And I even recommended giving them feedback later, maybe like the next week when they clean the fridge. If you know, if there were streaks on the fridge last time, um, I do that a lot with my kids, but I also was thinking about it. And there are a lot of times I think where, especially if you do it in a kind way, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, okay, so I'm going to ask you to wipe off the table and, I'm going to come back and check it and make sure that you did wipe down the whole thing. Or um, you're going to be vacuuming the family room today. And before you move on to play for the day, I am going to come back and check to make sure that you vacuum the whole room. And if there's a whole section that's not vacuumed, I'm going to have you finish vacuuming it. You know what I mean? So there's nothing wrong with setting that kind of expectation ahead of time. I know I just used the word expectation, but um, you know what I mean? I 
because there are going to be times when your kids have jobs where they are, where their employers are going to want them to do a good job. And if they don't do a good job, they're going to have them redo it. So I guess what Felicia and I were trying to say is don't be perfectionistic when you're, especially when you're teaching small kids how to do chores that yes, if you just start like hammering them over and over and drilling them, then yeah, they're probably going to not want to do the chores and you're going to create this negative situation. However, as kids get older, there's nothing wrong with teaching them how to do a good job and in a loving way, asking them to do it in the way you asked before they move on to play for the day. So I just want to put that out there that obviously you, there's nothing wrong with giving some feedback, especially if you tell them ahead of time, you know, I would like it done like this and I am going to come back and check it before you move on. And there's really nothing wrong with that. But Uh, just especially if you're dealing with really small kids, they're not going to have perfect vacuum lines. And if you keep on them to have perfect vacuum lines when they're four, (laughs) that may not work out and you'll probably both end up just frustrating. So frustrated. So really, I guess what I'm saying is age appropriate. um, Let's just have age appropriate expectations for our kids doing chores. There you go. (laughs) Hope you like that postscript. Bye.